right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job, or a loved one, or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? I played hundreds of shows before I had any kind of professional. All your own material? I mean, I started, my very first gig I played, I Will Survive with the drum machine on my keyboard. And I don't even think I could really even play the chords properly. I think I just just banking on the charm of that. Um, but <laughs> well, you certainly <laughs> <well>, have. <laughs> you learn. You learn along the way. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know. I, I pursued music not really as a choice, but it just always felt like my calling. My guest today has the voice of an angel. Sarah Bareilles is a singer, songwriter, actress, and author. She's dazzled audiences on Broadway in shows like Waitress and Into the Woods. She stars in Peacock's hilarious Girls 5 Eva. And in case that's not enough, she's also sold millions of albums and won multiple Grammys. I loved learning more about her origin story and think it's badass how hard she has fought to keep her voice and career authentic to who she is. I truly don't know another performer quite like her. So here is... Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, let's just jump right in. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I was just so honored when I heard that that you were open to it and, and wanted to come on. So just thank you. I've been a fan for a 
in, for an incredibly long time and and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Right back at you. I adore you. I'm oh. so happy to be talking. And sorry for my, I'm having terrible allergies, so I sound like I have a cold, but it's the pollen. Uh, it's the yeah. absolute worst. We were just talking about that now. You know, it's funny because sometimes I, I almost wish that I didn't do any research just because... I like to just have like a girlfriend yeah. conversation. But one of the things that is tr- so striking to me is the versatility of your talent, the versatility of your career, the longevity of it, and how how you're still able to maintain this. It's almost like an anonymity, and I mean that in the best possible I mean, it is a huge compliment. Yes. No, it's, I can actually really live a very normal life. I really, I, I would not wish fame, like real fame, like the kind of fame you have on my worst enemy. (laughs) And I hope that doesn't sound (laughs) terrible, but it does. Fame is the worst byproduct of getting to be an extraordinary artist. Like, I think it's the, it's so toxic and it's so distorting and, I think I'm, I'm actually just literally a little too boring. I think the press is not that, like, I'm just not doing anything that's that interesting. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh God, I I don't agree, but I I will say that especially now, I mean, social media, it's like, that just was one of the worst things that could have ever happened to me (laughs) just because it was, there was no escape whatsoever. And even in saying, in thinking that I was going to say this to you, I thought, God, it's, we live in such a different time. You know, now if you ask younger people, you know, what do you want? They say, I want to be famous. You know, people don't say, I want to do this or have this vocation or practice that a part of my creative, my creativity or, and it's such a different cultural shift. I I really feel like my, my fiance will tell you, like, I don't have a poker face. Like I don't, and it, and this is a blessing and a curse, but I really don't have another speed. Like, it's just, it's what you see is what you get. The, The sort of authentic bare bones route was sort of the only road for me to walk, I think, and, and survive. What were you like as a little girl? I was, I think, very awkward and precocious. And I've always been someone who is like, you know, very honest, not always have the most tact, like honesty first, even if it's, (laughs) I had to learn tact much later (laughs) in my life. Um, But always very tenderhearted, really sensitive, always been very sensitive. So get my feelings hurt easily. And I really love people. And I love, I I always refer to it as emotional architecture. It's like the, the way we, the way our psyches work, I find to just be endlessly fascinating. Those are qualities though, that don't make it very easy to um, survive in this industry. You know, I think it's painful to feel so much. I totally agree. But I do think, at least for me, especially in this decade of my life, I have come to appreciate that tenderness so much. And the fact that I was able to pursue this in some ways in spite of that tenderness, because I think we need people in in positions like ours who are empathic and empathetic and compassionate people 
And you're originally from California? Yes, Northern California, a little tiny town called Eureka. But um, yeah, it's very rural and big, beautiful redwood for old growth redwood forests. And it's right on the ocean. It's an absolutely extraordinarily beautiful part of the state. And I loved growing up in California. And my, my upbringing was wonderful. Lots of time outside, lots of music. I was the youngest of three. So I was outside talking to myself a lot. <laughs> big imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, um, now your parents got divorced when, when you were quite young or? Yeah, like 12, 12 years old divorced and remarried. Tough time, but I will say they are like best friends now. So my, it's a very, it is so normal for my mom and dad and their spouses to be having dinner together. They do it all the time. That's incredibly healthy. And that must have been a difficult time as a 12 year old because your siblings were already out of the house by then or yeah, it just left. So you were sort of like an only child going yeah. through divorce. Yes. When I've talked about it in therapy many times over the years, because it, it sort of feels like that thing, if you come from a broken home with, which, which seems melodramatic to say it that way, but, um, which so many people do, you feel like, I don't know, I'm 43 now. I should be over the fact that my parents got divorced, but it really does make an impression upon you. It's your whole worldview. And when there's, a fissure there. It's hard to heal that. I just didn't see it coming at all. There was no, it was not an angry household at all. It was just, it was just sort of like time to go. Who did you turn to at that age? Like who who was the people in your life that you could rely on at that age to process it? I think it really was when I started really processing through journaling and writing and songs and going inward. I wasn't very um, verbal with my emotions, which I think is something that I had to learn the vocabulary about the way I was feeling. But I didn't come to that till much later in my life. And I would have, I think I would have really thrived in a, in a deeper way had I had those tools earlier. Did you take piano, like piano lessons or singing lessons or have another creative life that you felt was a respite? I, I did play a lot of piano. I took piano lessons when I was really young, like nine, and I didn't like them very much. And so I stopped. Um, but I never fell out of love with the piano. I still wanted to play piano all the time. And I would come home from school and play for hours and write little songs. And I sang in choirs and did community theater. I loved being on stage. Theater is really the first place where I felt wholly myself. I kind of got bullied in school. So school was always a little tricky for me. And theater was such a safe space. But that's what art really should be, you know? And if you can't connect with it, how are you going to be able to provide that outlet for someone else? And when you went to UCLA, did your world shift in a more positive way, sort of socially? It did. And I mean, I loved it. I loved going, I loved the independence of college, but I was, it was really a culture shock. I'd never, I remember going to LA for the first time. I accepted UCLA sight unseen. I just, I couldn't even believe I got into that school and I wasn't going to go because we didn't, (laughs) we didn't have a lot of money and it was expensive. And I had an English teacher at the time, Mrs. Salter, who said, you can't get into UCLA and not go to UCLA. You have to go. Like, this is just, you have to go. (laughs) And um, I got a little scholarship and I got financial aid and 
I made it to school, but I remember going to LA for the first time and driving along the beaches and seeing lifeguards in red bathing suits like they did on King Baywatch. And I couldn't, my mind was just blown. It was so much, the beaches where I grew up are like, you put on your jeans and your sweatshirts and your boots and it's cold. And um, I just didn't realize how small my world had been. How do you have the balls <laughs> to, to produce, to self-produce your own album? And were you playing gigs the whole time? Yeah. Or? yeah I, um, you know, I think of that time as being so sort of blindly courageous. We do things that to me now sound insane, but at the time, my sort of naivete, I just didn't know any better. So I, I didn't know enough not to like, just go for it. And I was in this amazing acapella group. I sang with these, but we were a bunch of acapella nerds, had the best time. It was like the first time I felt like I found my people. And when I think about it now, I'm, I realize it's so theater adjacent. It's like people who just oh, love to yeah. collaborate and make something together and they love singing together. And it's so funny because it's so kind of deeply uncool and it's just the coolest at the same time. I think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> me too, me too. Hearing like singing at an arch in at Princeton where the, the under those arches, it was my freshman week. I, I it was the I thought I had died and gone to heaven just listening. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's just amazing. So I, I was a part of that group and then I met my friend Gabriel Mann who produced that very first record with me. You know, at that time, at that time in your life, you're sort of following the breadcrumbs. You you meet a producer, then you try working with them, and then you meet someone through them, and you know someone whose uncle runs a club, and you're like, "Can I play at your club?" And somebody sees you there. You know, just it was very much one foot in front of the other. Did you have a manager or an agent or anything like that? Or not that early on? I played I played hundreds of shows before I had any kind of. Professional. All your own material? Yeah. I mean, I started my very first gig I played, I Will Survive with the drum machine on my keyboard. And I don't <laughs> even think I could really even play the chords properly. I think I just was banking on the charm of that. Um, but <laughs> well, you certainly have. Well, you learn, you learn along the way. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I pursued music not really as a choice, but it just always felt like my calling. Did it help like with your yes. confidence in, in self-esteem? Yes. It was the safest space for me. I mean, it was the, it was my refuge. It was the place I went to feel the most connected spiritually. It's church, it's God. It's, is it approval as well? I'm sure there's, there's, some of that is, I mean, self-approval, yeah. not no, no, but just I think, from the people. But I actually think it's both. It's like when you're doing something that actually feels like in your soul, you can feel that sense of alignment. Or it's like, it's not in question, should I be doing this or not? It's just like, I didn't need to ask someone else that. I felt so myself playing music. But it is also the validation of, of you know, people on the outside acknowledging Oh, you have a real gift or I heard you once. I wanted to come back and see you again. And those are another set of breadcrumbs you follow. And how does self-doubt not creep back in? 
Oh, honey, I got it. It's in my back pocket today. It's always with, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'll trade you mine for yours. I don't, I have stopped trying to omit that sense from, from myself. I, I just, it's not going to go anywhere. I just have to like make peace with it. I'm always going to doubt when I did into the woods most recently, I was just like, can I do this? I had full meltdown just being like, I can't sing this. I can't do this. I can't be on. St- I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm got thrown in the deep end. Everybody else knows what they're doing. That just comes in the suitcase of being a human, I think. And you have to just do it anyway. You have to be, feel all that fear, feel all that insecurity. And the only mistake is if you let it keep you from doing the thing you really want to be doing. And I think. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm interested in how you got your start at Epic Records. How did that happen? They saw you or approached you? Yeah, I had started working with my manager. He has since passed away. His name is Jordan Feldstein, but he also represented Maroon 5 at the time. And I went to college with a couple of the band members from Maroon 5. So they've been my friends since college. And they took me on tour and Jordan started representing me. And over the next, let's say, year or so, I played a lot of shows in LA. He set up showcases for me with major record labels and everybody passed. Nobody wanted to work with me. I don't think anyone knew what to do with me. And then there was a, a a guy named Daniel Davis who worked at Epic Records at the time who brought out my A&R guy who came and saw me at a show that I didn't know anybody had come to see. So I feel like he really got to see myself in my at my most expanded and my most natural and so then, yeah, I signed with Epic Records. I'm still signed with Epic Records. They've been an amazing partner. We've been, had a huge, long history. It's like one of the crazy, rare, super positive stories of a major label just being kind of an awesome partner. 
And you you mentioned early on in um, some of the articles I read that 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 they did at one point try to sort of box you in. How did you respond to that, and how did you get them to come along with you on the what you wanted to do? I think it was a combination of you know the song love song was written sort of as a pep talk to myself. <laughs> because I could feel myself trying to give them what I thought they wanted. What I knew the record label was waiting for was a song that they could go to radio with. And I felt like I have all these songs, let me go into the studio, let me make my record. And I wasn't really getting the green light. Does that mean more pop song? Is that? Uh, pop song, okay. something that they could, I'm trying to remember the kinds of things that were on the radio at that time, but I could just feel that there was not enough excitement for like the material. And I went to my music studio, which was a storage unit that I shared with my friends in Raining Jane, another band. So we had one of those tin can, <laughs> like sardine can roll down garage doors with all of our stuff stored in there. And I was there and I wrote Love Song and I wrote it kind of just to myself. I was like, I said a prayer. I'm like, dear God, dear God, just let me remember me in all of this. There was just so much noise and so much feedback and so many opinions and love song sort of poured out of me. And I was 100% convinced they would hate it and they loved it. And then to everyone's surprise, including myself, it was like a big hit. I mean, every single aspect of it just sounds like it was meant to be. And thank God that they, yes. for whatever reason, that they liked it. Do, do you know what I mean? It, 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 yes, totally. In a way, does not matter. <laughs> but, but, you know, thank God, because you don't hear stories like that. And, you, you know, and you talk about how sort of obliterating the, the process yeah. can be. So much rejection. Oh God, it's terrible. And now what you're doing, which I find really fascinating, is you have a new show, which is an audio-only singing competition show. Yes. And it's called Breakthrough. Yes. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I wish that there was a show like that that you could have gone on. A thousand percent. I mean, I wish there was a show like that I could have listened to. This is Audible came with this idea, myself and Kelly Rowland as mentors. We even sort of shy away a little bit from the word judge because it really is like a mentorship program for these handful of artists who are singer-songwriters. And the entire podcast, as podcasts are generally, is done with no visuals. So I met these contestants last night when we, we recorded our final episode. So I finally saw their faces after spending weeks and weeks and oh, hours wow. and hours on the phone with them and talking through their material and discussing their work and giving feedback. And I love this format because it feels very nostalgic. It's the way I used to listen to music with my headphones on, reading the lyrics. I wasn't watching a screen. I wasn't taking anything in. It was just about what is the story I'm being told and is emotion being conveyed through the vocal performance, through the actual craft of the song. Is there a moment that took your breath away? Yes. There's a few moments, actually. Um, one of our artists, he's you know a Southern guy, works mostly in country music. 
And he really kind of hit rock bottom going through this process with us. And he talked about starting therapy and starting to really do the work that he needed to do. And I found that to be so moving because it's unusual for a guy in his position to sort of admit that vulnerability and then to pour it into his work. I was so, I was so moved by that. It was very emotional, actually. I mean, we're listening to these people who have, in some cases, really given up on the dream that this is even possible for them and then finding another moment where they feel like it's within their reach. It's, it's really extraordinary. And you really come to love them. They're really lovable people. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I so appreciate your vulnerability, not just in music, but in so many of the things that you do. You've spoken about being bullied and feeling not good enough, feeling insecure about your body. Yeah. All of these things that I think are so much more common than people are willing to admit. And I'm interested in how you've managed those feelings. Have you come to love yourself more and judge yourself less? Yes, I have gotten closer to self-acceptance. I usually just feel, you know, I get into these very tight spaces within my own mind. And the answer is never to be tougher on yourself or more discipline or harder consequences. It's always compassion and tenderness. It's really the thing that moves the needle. Like, can you just be a little bit more your own friend? Of course we fail and of course we come up short, but no need to pour salt in the wound. Let's just like <laughs> It's funny how I'm so quick to do that for other people. Me too. But always with ourselves. It's so hard, right? Never with myself. Yeah, I know. But um music is such a deeply, deeply personal it, it's so personal to you. 
And it really is a safe place for you to speak your truth. And I'm curious if there's something that you perhaps haven't yet said through your music that you're hoping to. Yeah. Um, I think in the sense that you're always making new discoveries about yourself and always getting to know yourself a little bit better. There's certainly things that I feel at 43 that I wasn't quite awake to in my 30s or in my 20s. Like what? Like an example of one of those things. The Trump presidency was really uh, just a game changer. And in some ways, it sounds insane to say, but I'm almost grateful for it because I just realized how um, unconscious I was about so many things. So I'm grateful to be awake in a way that I wasn't. But there's a tremendous amount of grief that comes with the realization of, of what feels like it's been unearthed in this new way. I know these things have always been here, but, you know, the pandemic was really disappointed with how we showed up <laughs> as as a human race, really bummed. And I felt like we missed an opportunity to grow towards each other. It was like this brief moment when it first happened, like the streets were empty and I felt like the empty streets were evidence of love, were taking care of each other. And then, you know, shit hits the fan. Do you think we can get back there? I think we have to believe we can. And I think always it's like you solve the macro with the micro. We might not be able to save this entire world with one email or one song, but um, every action causes a ripple, even if it's to my dog, to the male person, to the, you know, just how we engage with the world in your little, whatever your little bubble is. I think that really matters. I think it does really matter. Um, I, I always love to ask my, my friends that come on, cause now I'm going to tell everybody you're my 100%. friend, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we talk about now what moments, and I'm just curious if there have been any now what moments that resonate with you that you haven't shared or care to share. <laughs> oh my God. So many, many. I moved in with my fiance, Joe. Congratulations. And we thank you. And we, we were living to, together before, but we, I left Manhattan. So now we're in Brooklyn. And uh, let me tell you, I have not dealt with this very gracefully. I'm not good at moving. I hate it. I feel totally disoriented. I'm, I hate everything. I see boxes behind yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. We're not, not even a little bit unpacked. I don't know where my underwear is. It's like a, a whole nightmare. But um, I, I had this conversation with myself this morning. It's a little bit like, I am uncomfortable right now. I'm really uncomfortable. It's a really busy time. And it's all champagne problems, but it's like, it's a really busy time and I'm really uncomfortable in this very fundamental way. And I just have to surrender. I mean, I, the, one of the most traumatic um, things is, isn't it? One of them is moving. I, that, yeah. I mean, isn't that the most, like a life stressor? Yeah. Growing up, my mom never moved into any house that we lived in. Oh, really? She never fully moved in, but she kept buying houses. Wow. And we bought houses everywhere with this like idea that potentially we were going to have a fire yeah. and and have a meal there. and And so- for me, if things are not 
unpack, yeah. I panic. And it's such a source of stress. That makes so much sense. I say this to my sister all the time is that like, yeah, our life, your life is happening right now. It's not out there in the future. Like we're not, we're not like trying to get to our lives somewhere in the future. It's like, it's this, it's this room right now. It's these boxes. So like do your best with what's, what's right around you to be present to what's really here. And that's, you know, it's easier said than done, but when you do revel in it, it's amazing how long those periods of time do feel. You know, they do feel expansive. Um, You've mentioned that you've learned a lot about yourself just in in sort of recent years. Is there a takeaway from the last decade? I think the most I have learned and the best I have ever felt was doing the things that scared me the most. Like. Being comfortable is just not that interesting. You know, when I think about examples in the theater, or like I, I just was um, on, we've just finished filming our third season now of a TV show called Girls Five Eva, but I'd never done television before. And I was working with really seasoned, incredible actresses. And it was a huge responsibility and I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to be bad at it, but it takes time. You know, I can, I can see my growth from season one to season two to season three. It's like, we have to be willing to still learn. Like you were saying, there's so much to learn about everything. You don't have to be perfect at everything to engage with it. It's not, it's, it shouldn't be enough to keep you away from it. If it's something you really want to do. Did saying yes to getting engaged <laughs> terrify you oh. or did, did you, was it exciting? Well, it took us a long time to get there. I actually, it didn't terrify me, which was, it did terrify me That's for a, a good long, sign. <laughs> it terrified me for a long time. And then I started to realize I had this image of what it meant to be married. You know, I come from a divorced household. I come from, obviously people were, it wasn't, they weren't fully themselves. and. I didn't want to repeat those mistakes. I didn't want to feel diminished. I didn't want to feel like I had to give up independence. I'm incredibly autonomous. I love being alone in the world. So building a family together, we have, I'm looking at my little dog right here at my feet (laughs) and like (laughs) building this little world together in some ways felt like I was giving something up. And yes, you are, but also you gain an incredible amount. That was the soulful Sarah Bareilles. Be sure to check out her new series, Breakthrough, which is available now on Audible. That's it for us today. Talk to you next week. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.